0: have some new listeners this week. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Peeler and MC Madness. Um, New listeners will find that if you go back and look through our, you know, through the podcast archives or whatever, that our first year, um, our episodes were like an hour long and then we kind of changed it up. So um, some people like the hour long format, some people don't. So if you're, you know, just, just bear with it and if you find it hard to slog through them Don't. Yeah, and that's okay. (laughs) We still love you. (laughs) you won't be missing anything. I don't think we're not like a serial podcast. Although, oh,
1: we just want to be as big as a serial podcast. That's true. We just want to be that. Yes, that would be nice. Okay, so this is our third episode of the season. Yeah. So welcome back to school, everyone. Should be in school at this point. Yep. Uh, so we need to like get into some nitty gritty stuff on what we can do in classrooms now.
0: Yeah. So before we do that, I want to give a shout out to um, one of our listeners and okay. who actually was, was one of our second, maybe our second or third, one of our early guests, Okay. Um, a, a Mr. Matt Luntz, yes. who is a sixth grade classroom teacher. And um, I have known him for a while. And we spoke this weekend, this past weekend. And he talked about how he was actually going to make some changes to his first day with his learners based on our podcast. He was one of the few listeners out there that actually didn't start school yet. They just started this this week. Um, So he did not have learners when we released that podcast so he was able to kind of and he was like yeah every year I find myself apologizing to the learners for how boring and stupid the first day is and he was just like I'm not gonna do it anymore so we're um, gonna listen for a check-in from Matt and perhaps we'll have him on next week to kind of talk a little you know or in the future to talk about how that went yes um, and exactly what he did but so I wanted to say like awesome it's cool to get that kind of feedback from people
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If you want to hear from more of what Matt said in the past for us, go back to last September. And it's called First Steps of the School Year with guest Matt Lund. And I think that was like an hour long
0: Maybe he's just going to be like our recurring beginning of the school year guest.
1: Yeah, most likely. Most <laughs> likely. Uh, that was, that was a, uh, a fantastic episode that we really liked. And uh, he'll be back.
0: Yeah, we'll get Matt back on.
1: We'll absolutely get Matt back on. Alright, so what are we going to talk about today?
0: Well, on our parking lot, there was a a wee little post in amongst all this other stuff um, about reporting and goal setting. It says, PL in content areas. What are some methods to use to make learning personalized in, air quote, content areas like science and social studies?
1: That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes those are thought of as the like The standalones are the hard to get in like elementary school, yes, right? Yeah, and once it uh, once you get to middle school and high school, it's really you do science in this room with right. all the big black long tables, and it's you know, it's yeah. you know, what a science lab looks like. But science to science and social studies to so social studies, but they're obviously struggling with what this looks
0: how like. Do you, how do you personalize learning? How do you personalize in it? those? So, and I think. Sometimes, especially depending on where you are and what your, t- your um, standards are um, or, or what your targets might be, you might f- it, they could feel really constrictive and restrictive. You know, they might yeah. feel very narrow, and I think that that's where that question comes from. Or, you know, it's like, okay, everybody right now, picture American History 1 in high school, I think we all probably had a very similar class. so. Um,
1: I just fell asleep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> because um, it was, it was, you know, it's a lot of it. it's lecture based and information. And, you know, to be honest, when I'm 14 and 15, it's hard for me to figure out, it, it was hard for me to figure out, I'll say, i speak for myself here. Yeah. It was hard for me to get into it when I didn't really know a lot of the names other than, you know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. And you're talking about... The
0: big three. <laughs> it, it's, it
1: really is. And that that's what you know growing up, yeah. but you don't know some of the details. And the details were so boring because yeah. I wasn't invested because it was read this chapter and I'll lecture at you tomorrow. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand. I remember this whole...
0: It was like, why? This
1: whole thing about the Lincoln-Douglas debates.
0: Right? Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, we had to role
1: play <laughs> and that, that sort of thing. And I didn't even understand... Any of it. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand things. But that
0: wasn't a great active learning exercise. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It really wasn't. Not for me anyway. And some people got right into it. Sure. And that's fine because everything you do in school, some kids are going to love. Right. Right? But we want all of our kids to be that level of engagement. Yeah. And that's what we miss. So we have a technique today that will help some of that.
0: Yeah. So there are – I actually find it – I'm not gonna say it's, I don't think any one discipline is easier than another to uh, personalize in. I I personally, I feel like it's easy to do anywhere. It's just you have to think differently about some things.
1: That's what it is. Um, I I personally
0: do feel like science and social studies are more fun to personalize in. And I think it's because you have to stretch your brain and think in more bigger and creative ways.
1: Did you just diss our math teachers, like me,
0: I did. And my, and my people. So
1: (laughs) that's right. (laughs) That's right. But it can be done in anywhere, right? Oh, it can be done anywhere. So I um, I think when you, when you talked about changing the mindset mm -hmm. for yourself, I think that's where it comes in. Really think thoughtfully about what you're going to do, not just use the technique and see what happens because if there's no thought behind it, it's not going to work. You can't make math funner.
0: Uh, it's, if, not, it's not a word. <laughs> it is a word. I said it.
1: It's a word. It's it's hard to make it funner if you don't do something thoughtful behind it. Yes. Because you can come alive and it can be exciting. Yes. It's But it needs some thought.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So what can we do? Okay. So I think the first step in any, any content area that's really mostly declarative knowledge like science and social studies. I think the first thing you want to do is think about your, your target or your standards that you're, you're trying to get to, that you're trying to support the learners with. And the question you need to ask is, how broad is this target? Mm-hmm. From how many different ways could you possibly um, come at this target? So, for example, like an example of a social studies target that's very broad is um, understands the qualities of effective leadership. Right. That's very broad. Mm-hmm. Um a comparable target that you might find in some state standards documents or even in, you know, national standards documents might sound that would be kind of on the same continuum. Like if that were the broad version, a really narrow version might be something like um understands the successes of early um presidents in the United States of America. Okay. Like, that's more narrow. We could probably go even more narrow. But, yep. like, you can see the difference there. They're both clearly about leadership. Yep. But one is very broad. While one, you're you're kind of stuck with a certain period of time and certain people. Right. So that's the first question to ask yourself is kind of how broad a topic does this standard or target really lend itself to? Okay. Um, and you have to separate yourself from what I've always taught. So, like, if you have that more broad-feeling target, but you've always taught it in the context of, um, you know, federalism in early U.S. history, think about how else could that apply. Right. Could it apply in different settings, different historical periods, different... Um, different sub-contents, because right. I'm, I'm just talking about social studies, but this is true for science also. So sure. that's your first question. So what we're going to talk about today is a strategy to use when you have a broad topic okay. or a broader learning target that right. just naturally lends itself to learners having more avenues with which to attack mm-hmm. that target.
1: Okay. What does it sound like? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I couldn't help myself. Wow, well. that's a hard one.
0: QFT.
1: Oh, better.
0: <laughs> the Question Formulation Technique, which okay. comes to us from the Right Question Institute. Ooh. Yes.
1: We'll put links for this. in Yeah, the we will. Else.
0: They're a fantastic organization that um, kind of fostered this process, and they actually have... Conferences you can go to where you can learn more about this process and really embed yourself in it. There's a book about it that we'll mention at the end of the episode, also. But mm-hmm. the question formulation technique. So, um, Matt, you've we've you've done the question formulation technique, and we've done it together with um, adult learners.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've done this uh, we've done this with, uh, as Courtney just said, adult learners um, together and separately with different groups. Uh, not just the districts that we each work in but with other districts that we consult with uh, and it it really goes very well actually because you put them you put them through the process just like the learners yes so you embed them in the process we've talked about this a lot that right. you have to model what's what's actually happening yeah so we we do this based on something uh, very broad right um and it, it works fantastically. And what I like is, I the process is pretty simple, but I like um, how we, a, at the end, of how I get the feedback. And it's always interesting hearing what the, the, the teachers, it's usually teachers that, that I'm talking about this with, uh, not just administrators, but teachers. Right. And, and the variety of types of teacher, whether. Yes. The, the best feedback that I had the last time we did this, which was a few weeks ago, uh, was a math teacher that said, you know, I wasn't sure about this, so I was kind of joking the whole way through, and it was f- really funny, but he says, you know, I, I can use this in my class for this, this, and this, and then that starts in like two weeks, and yeah. I'm going to use this yeah. because I think this would be brilliant. Yeah. And this, I wasn't sure about it, and nice. they were clearly making fun of the, the question, which was fine. Yeah. Yeah. But then came out of it saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do this because yeah, I, I think I think this will yeah. work for my kids." Right. And then I had an elementary teacher that said the exact same thing. That said, "You know, I can find this because of this, this, and this. That I'm going to start in mid-September." Yeah. And it's just hearing that feedback that yeah. yes, you get something out of it immediately, and yes, I can apply this, and no, I've never heard of this before. Right. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to
0: do this. And That is yeah. the exciting part. Yeah, it's super cool. So let's let's um, let's like run through the steps. Nice. I'm kind of like it's going to be weird because it's only Matt and I. Um, yeah, it's a little but, harder. Huh? It's a little harder. It's a little harder. But you guys can play along at home. You just can't, oh, yes. you can't share in some of the steps. But play along at home. Yes. Okay, so step one is that the teacher designs a question focus. Now, this might look like you actually giving them a question, or it might look like you just putting a topic up on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So like okay, so if we went with a question like are are there any just wars, right? That might be a question, and the topic that we might be using to go with this would be um, war.
1: Right. Yeah. That's (laughs) yeah. That's one of the standards. Right. Right.
0: So I could go either. Yeah. Conflict. Yeah. We talk
1: tons about conflict. Right.
0: Um. So. uh, All right. So let's play. Let's go with. um, Let's. I don't really want to do war. I'm feeling like that's a huge bummer one. Let's do leaders.
1: What? Much more exciting.
0: Do you have a topic you would like <laughs> to do? I have a standard
1: one, but it's, I don't want to do this one. Yeah, so. see, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So let's do leaders. That's All right, fine. Leaders, since that's, we were talking fine. about that target. Okay, yeah.
0: so leaders. So I've presented that. That's our topic to everyone. Right. So now step two. This is individual work. Um, no, it is not individual work. I take that back. This is now in a group.
1: Yeah, so th- this is, and this is important.
0: Yes. Yeah, this is a social activity. This is not like a, an individual. Everyone works through these steps on their own. Right. So yeah. you find a buddy. If you're playing along, yeah, you need a buddy. Yeah,
1: that's very important because I, I've had some, some people do this individually at their table. It because doesn't work. They, they th- thought it would be an easier way to do the next step that yeah. we're about to tell you. And it, would, it did not work out. No, it doesn't. It did not work out.
0: Okay, so step two is learners produce questions. So basically, when you're sitting at your table, you just kind of go around one by one, and everybody just says a question. There is no qualifying. None of this. Don't do it. This, I'm just going to ask her, this is a silly question. But nope, you doesn't just, matter. doesn't matter. You just say the question, um, and someone at the table is writing them all down.
1: exactly as they were worded. This is very important. This is very important.
0: Exactly as they were worded. The only thing you are allowed to do is if it comes out as a statement by chance, you can turn it into a question. Yeah. I've actually never seen that happen. Maybe with, with younger learners it does, but with adults it doesn't.
1: I've, I, I have actually you seen did. that happen. All right. Yep. And And they were like, that's not a question. Yeah. <laughs> and so they kind of adjusted themselves right there. Yeah. Right on. Because they knew. So Good. All
0: right. So um, All right. So we're going to do this now. So questions. Okay.
1: Um, this is about leadership, right? Yes. Okay, um, what's the difference between a good leader and a bad leader?
0: Who decides who gets to be a leader?
1: Is there really a difference in qualities between a good leader and a bad leader?
0: Can you be a good leader but like cause bad things to happen?
1: Can you be a bad leader and cause good things to happen? That's, oh, this is fun.
0: Yeah, this is good. <laughs> this is fun. Okay, so we would go on like that until um, the group was like pretty much done with questions. How um, long does that usually take? I like to give a good five minutes yeah. for it. Yeah. And I tell people to let the lull happen. Like, right. because you'll get a flurry and then there'll be a little break, but then there'll be another flurry. Yeah. And so um,
1: that's important to keep the time yeah. going. Yes. And don't just say, okay, we're moving we're on done. when it's quiet. Because that's, yeah. that's 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 kind of what you want to do as, as the the leader for this one, right? Not leader, yeah. But you're like, no, don't. If you said five minutes, it's five, five minutes. Five minutes,
0: and literally put a timer on, and, and absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Do anytime you, I mean, as an aside, anytime you do any of that, like two minutes, put a timer on and actually time it. Okay.
1: Okay. So we're on to our next step. Yep. Yeah,
0: step three is called improving the questions. Um, so depending on your learners and how long how many times you've done this with them, You might. this might last longer or not, because one of the things you talk about is the difference between an open question and a closed question. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, what is the difference between an open question and a closed question? Well, if you have an
1: open question, you don't have a yes or no answer, or a true-false answer. I know I asked a couple right there that were um, closed-ended questions, uh-huh. which are answered with a yes or no question, or right. could be answered. Uh, one of my questions, I believe, was, Is there a difference between a good leader and a bad leader?
0: Right. Yeah. The way that's worded
1: is a yes or a no. Right. You don't elaborate. So the point is, we want to try to get our learners to change a closed ended question to an open ended question Mm -hmm. and the reverse. Yeah. Change an open ended question to a closed ended question. So they get some real good practice about refining their questions and changing their questions to gather more information.
0: Right. Right, and Um, feeling the difference between what an open and a closed question is. Some people are like, well, why would you change one back? Like, because it kind of seems counterintuitive. Well, because having the the negative example or the non-example is just as important as having the um, example. Yeah, totally agree. All right, so let's change your question. Okay,
1: so I said, is there a difference between a good leader and a bad leader? Yep. So if we want to change that to an open one, uh, we could ask, what are the characteristics of good leaders and bad leaders?
0: Right. Oh, that would work totally.
1: That'd be one. What were you thinking of for that one?
0: Um, I was thinking you could just you could do something like, um, "What are the differences?" or "What are some different? What are some what? key differences okay. between yep. good leaders or bad leaders?" Similar. Or what makes a leader good or bad? Yes. Like any of, any of those any of those yeah, Any of those are
1: fine. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not yes or no answers, and it gets to more the heart of what the actual question was asking.
0: Right. Okay. So what was one that was an open one that we could turn into? I didn't actually write them down.
1: Yeah. This would have been a much more boring podcast.
0: know. Yeah.
1: Watching Courtney write.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was going to take too long. <laughs> I was like, nope, not writing it down. So if
1: we had an open one, it would be, let's say, um, can a good leader lead to bad things? That would be a yes or no one, right? Wait,
0: but we're going to do the opposite.
1: Of our, we want an oh open. Oh my god, that's instead. right. Yeah, uh, I'll cut that part out.
0: Okay. No, I so won't. maybe one is like, <laughs> all right. So if it were, well, let's do it this way. All right. So if you had a right. question that was like, when, um, when do good leaders, to what extent can good leaders cause bad things to happen? Okay, that's a. An open question. Yeah. So if we change that to closed, it might be, um, "Can good leaders do bad things?" Yeah, simple as that. Yes or no. Yes, that would be a yes or yeah. no. Right. It's just it's practice with those opening words in a question that lead to elaboration or like inherently ask for elaboration.
1: And as you just heard. It's a good practice to have. Yeah, it is. Because you really have to think about what the question is.
0: You do. And And
1: we just did that in real time. I know.
0: That was amazing.
1: With no notes.
0: No notes. (laughs) No training wheels on the P-Learn MC podcast. Okay. Okay, so so step four. Yeah, once we
1: get through that one, this is an interesting one for me that has always happened. Okay? It's when the learners prioritize their questions. Yes. Okay, so what does that exactly mean? Because they... I've had people ask me what that exactly means.
0: How do you explain it? What do you I, say?
1: So I explain it by, okay, so your group needs to go through all of your questions again, and they're all written down so everybody can see them, Yeah. and really mark which ones they like. Yeah. A lot. Right. And they all kind of read them, so it's kind of like a power voting thing, okay. i say, where if it's a group of like, say, f- five people around the table, Right. Uh, The ones with, like, three or four more power votes, those get looked at again. Yeah. And they narrowed it down to their three. I always do the three because three is a decent
0: number. Yeah, so it's a magic number. It's a
1: magic number. So they really can focus on some of the really good questions, and they're like, this question's okay, but it's not like, wow, I need to know the answer to this one. Yeah. And they kind of understand that and they, they, they start going through whatever their group process is for that. But they always narrow it down to three questions at that point. And yeah. they always tend to be open-ended questions too. They well, don't... yeah, at this
0: point they have to be. You kind of, you turn them.
1: I've asked them, yeah, yeah. They, they've asked about that. Is, can I pick a closed-ended question? No. And is that a, really a question that yeah. you want to know more about if you can answer with a yes or no? And right. they're like, uh, yeah, okay, no. So it's got to be three of those questions from any questions that they want. It doesn't matter what questions they have.
0: Yeah. That's cool. the important part. And so you have the whole table prioritize them? I do. As a group? As a group. Interesting. So I've done it. So I, I feel like this is one of those steps where, like, as the teacher, you can bring it to a place where that works for you and your learners. Absolutely. So a lot of times I have, at this point, I bring it back to individual, and I have the individuals prioritize their questions. Yep. Um, and then they share out okay. at the group. But similar, I like... I kind of say to them, it's you're prioritizing them based on which questions sparked the most interest for you. Right. That if you had to go research right now, which would be the three that you would want to choose between. Right. Um, other ways to go about this, um, and that doing it that way works very well if you're leading the students into more of like independent or small group project work. Um, yep. If. Another way to go about it is to set the criteria for prioritization. What so does that mean? As the teacher, you could be like, okay, so we're learning about these specific learning targets that have to do with leaders. So based on knowing this now, that gotcha. you're, these are your ultimate outcomes, which are the questions that are the best to lead you to those outcomes?
1: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. If you've got the, like those next steps to, to prioritize yes. the targets around that.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can't like honestly think of another way you would prioritize them, but uh, it's really either like self-interest, what you're most interested in, or which yeah. ones are going to get you to the, the intended outcome.
1: Well, one of the things when I, did the, when I do the table groups and they prioritize their questions as yeah. like a table group, uh, it gets that discussion going, I think. And maybe what, what I've always figured is those people that are generating those questions kind of get their some of their information from other people at the table so yep. they might lead their questions to something else right and they can decide as a group because it does involve with that some of that small group work yes um, so I started right then and there cool so yeah but but Either you're, way, yeah, you're absolutely right. Where it can be done any way, whatever's best for your learners at that right. point, or or, or what your vision, is. yeah, what right. your vision for yeah. that, what's what's the goal for this is. particular thing. So totally agree with that one. Cool. Okay. All right. So, so then, we've got our three questions now.
0: Yeah, we've got our three questions. So now we move on to step five. Okay. Which is the learners and the teacher decide on next steps. Okay. Um, so how are you going to use these questions? What are you going to do with them? good question. It is a good question. Um, So we didn't prioritize our questions, but let's pretend that our... Let's pretend we did. Let's pretend we did. And so um, I have my priority, we have our priority question that we're going to work with. Um, Let's say it's the one about to what extent can good leaders cause bad things to happen, because that's pretty interesting. Um, So now we're going to decide what to do with it. Um, We might... Um, I'm gonna study it, I'm gonna find out more about it. I think maybe maybe a next step for us is to um, ask more questions.
1: Some of the sub-questions. Like
0: questions well, it's that we a get as That's
1: a big question. We're talking about to what extent do good leaders possibly do bad things. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That was our question. So maybe some of the talk can be about, okay, let's define what mm. some, who some leaders are.
0: Right. Oh, I thought you were going to go with define what it means to be a leader. That would be cool too. So, even
1: what, well, let's talk about. uh, I think I might start that with give me some examples of leaders. And Maybe we can find some of those characteristics. Because you come, you know, Kennedy, the president, um, you know, could be really anything at this point. But eventually a bad leader is going to come up. Right. Somebody's going to say Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, that they were leaders for their country.
0: Yeah. But they did. But they they, did. they let bad things happen.
1: They let bad things happen. Right. Right. And so the, I think that's a valuable discussion. Right. <laughs> what do we mean say, by good leaders? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're leaders, and that leads into discussion, which leads eventually back to our prioritizing question about to what extent do right. good leaders do bad things?
0: Right. Something like, that. something like that. Okay. All right. So, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it, it generates some of those sub questions because that's a, still a ginormous question. Yeah. With a lot of information. Yeah. So you'll need some of those sub questions in order to, to build some of that foundational knowledge. Right. And that's the one path you can get down. And some people I think will naturally gravitate to different parts of those sub questions. And now you have some of that small group work where they can do their own research right. and you can lead them through some of those processes in order to get back to that original question yeah. eventually. And that's where all, that's where you can put it all together at the end.
0: Yeah, nice. Okay. Cool. All
1: right, so once we've done that, let's say we've done all of that, they've done some research, they have whatever output they need to get to to make for you, which yep. is totally,
0: you know, fine. Right, so as part of this next step thing, um, a teacher might then introduce kind of the, um, the product that they're expecting right. learners to make. They might say, like, you know, I don't really think of that as a next step, as, like, something I'm going to do right away, but it right. is something that the learners would need to know. Like, if ultimately I'm expecting them to do, like, you know, a wax museum, or a documentary, or an essay, like, that's that eventually is something we are going to do next with this information.
1: A wax museum?
0: Yeah, that's when you pretend to be someone, and then you stand, you dress up like them, and you put, like, a sticker on you somewhere that's, like, your on button. <laughs> I
1: have never heard of this. Are you kidding me? I've never heard of it. This is awesome. Oh, okay.
0: The, the, several of them happen in my district Okay. every year, and so... Um, I will have to make sure you're aware of them.
1: I need to come visit your district. And yeah, and it's awesome. This. I've because never they, heard oh, of The this. learners are
0: incredible. They stand there like so still, and then you, you touch their button and they come alive and like they start telling you about all that who they are. It's incredible. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's
1: so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Okay. Okay, sidetrack, sidetrack. I need to see that happen. So
0: the last step is reflection. Yeah. As way, it always is. Yeah, this is
1: one of the most important ones. Yeah. This gets back to a lot of the culture stuff that we that we always talk about. Uh, but you can't skip the reflection part. Nope. Okay, so explain what the, the reflection part is um, for you.
0: For me, um, yeah. well, I think I think it kind of happens a bunch of different ways. At the end of the actual QFT process, I would ask the groups to talk about how the process felt for yeah. them um, and kind of just reflect on that um, because our learners do not have a lot of experience with making their own questions. Right. Um, so the first few times you do this, it might be difficult. Um, so it's worth it to... Get the learners in on that discussion, how it went, what was hard, what's changing for them. Um, but and, then, and to be
1: able to adjust for next time, right? Because uh, yeah, if it doesn't go well time. the first time.
0: Don't throw it out. Don't
1: throw it out, right? Get that feedback and say, how can mm-hmm. we make this better? I guarantee you, when you do this with kids, or really anybody, some some people are going to say, that was super fun. And some kids are going to be like, eh, I, you know, I don't really like it because of this. And yeah. you can take that feedback and make it better yeah. for next time. Yes. So don't throw things out just because you feel uncomfortable. The first time we do anything, it's always going to feel weird. Yeah. Right. The timing is one of those things. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, the first time I did this with a group, I totally messed up the times. Yeah. And it had a lot of like downtime, so I had to adjust to that. Yeah. And it's like okay, well, we'll just adjust for next. Now I know better. Yeah. And now you guys know better, and it's okay that. If I'm the leader up there, and I'm expected to do this whole process with you guys, and I'm screwing up some of the times. That's going to happen to you too. Right. It's you just adjust and you move on. Exactly, to and make it because it, it
0: depends on their group. Some groups need more time with this than others, and it depends on your topic too. Like, that also but, allows
1: yeah. your learners to understand that the whatever you're leading, it's not going to be perfect every single time. Oh yeah. There's failure and everything. There's awkwardness and everything. And you just learn from it and get better yeah. by doing some reflections on this, on how I can do this, and that's it. It all ties together. Yes.
0: Okay. We're we're running long on this episode. My God, we're almost
1: at thirty well, minutes. we we're
0: just sneaking back into our hour long oh early days. So, um, so when would you use this? Um, You would use this in situations where you um, want the learners to drive more of the inquiry, Yes. Um, whether it then feels more, if you're early in personalization, if it then still feels more like whole class moving together, this is still a way for learners to have voice in their content. Um, You would use this when you want learners to have some independent research projects Or some small group research projects, or some small group study, you know, study topic study groups within the larger um, content that you're studying. Um, This is a very easy way to get at personalization in the air quote content areas.
1: We'll put all these links into the show notes. Yes, and onto our website. Yes, which is where.
0: Oh, I thought I bought it. I was Not thinking. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> I was just like, plearnmc.com.
1: Soon. Uh, coming soon.
0: Coming soon. But right
1: now we're at plearnmc.weebly.com. You can find our pretty versions of our show notes.
0: Yeah.
1: And our parking lot. Yes. Uh, and thank you for whoever put that on the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, and for the rest of you, please put your questions on there or you can put it on our Facebook page. Yep. Uh, and that is just search for Plearn MC.
0: Yeah, just just search for it.
1: Or you can, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The address <laughs> is it. so you can tweet at us. Also, the podcast is at Plearn MC. I am at Eat Sleep Stats,
0: and I am at Belowland C. And um, next week is going to be another discussion about personalizing in the content areas because there are other ways to go about doing it.
1: There's not just one.
0: Not just one.
1: I guess we have lots of podcasts to do.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll talk next time. <laughs>